0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mahomes has the time, delivers perfectly downfield. Touchdown Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one Adams, Touchdown. This time going. Jr.
1: He did. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Joined as always by Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners at Rotoviz, and uh, of course you can read all his fantastic work up on the Rotoviz website. Sean, the the Wildcard Weekend or the Super Wildcard Weekend, uh, I think. I, I know they're gonna to have to to work it out. I know what they were trying to do with adding the extra word to the the wildcard weekend name, but it just doesn't have the same ring as uh some of the kind of you know, like the sweet sixteen or, or things like that there. So we'll see we'll see what they come up with for next year. But I was a big fan of the the weekend in general with the the six games. It was a lot of fun. Um, I kinda it was a more relaxed weekend, the Packers on the bye week, the Chiefs on the bye week, so basically i was kind of popping in and out of the game seeing how they were going following along um and uh overall pr- pretty enjoyable watching them there was a few of them were <laughs> quite slow burners there was a lot of punts uh anyone that was on twitter over the weekend there was a lot of of punt talk and fourth down talk uh some some maybe questionable calls there but uh, i i enjoyed it as a whole having the, the six games spread out and uh really looking forward to this weekend now with the uh what the division all around but we'll be talking about the games that have gone uh, over the last weekend we'll be looking at how some of the players did how that affects their value heading into next season and then we'll also uh, be looking ahead to the games over the next weekend as well so sean um how how do you enjoy the the super wild card weekend i I thought they could have called it the wild wild weekend maybe that would have been even more fun
2: yeah you should you should get that out there we I, i thought it was a blast right having that extra game having the extra team involved, and and certainly on the AFC side, there were plenty of deserving teams to be in the playoffs and be worthy of uh, getting a chance to participate that Buffalo-Indianapolis game with Indianapolis as the seventh seed. That was a a barn burner and a lot of fun to to have them involved in the playoffs. I think this will be the format going forward, and I think it should be the format going forward. It gives a little bit more of a push, to for the team to get that number one overall seed a lot of times that team kind of in the two seed uh, whether or not they're deserving to have an additional buy as opposed to the three seed the four seed i think this this more accurately reflects the regular season easy for us to say since the chiefs and the packers actually got that buy here but a lot of exciting (laughs) games the one that perhaps uh was the biggest surprise was that pittsburgh cleveland game i know this was the game that Gave me a little trouble in the FFPC playoff contest column. We talked about the contest on the show last week. Our overtime team, which is a little bit more Patrick Mahomes heavy, so we might be expecting it to to make up some ground as we go into the second week of the playoffs. But we're sort of in the middle of the pack. The team that I drafted or put together with Blair Andrews is in 53rd. We were very excited. We had the right pick with A.J. Brown instead of Derrick Henry. I read a lot on the site last week about why that was the key pick there, the road of his tools, really pushing you hard to pick Brown instead of Henry, despite the massive season that Henry had. Also had some other uh, decent scores like D.K. Metcalf, Chris Godwin, and then got a huge game in the final with juju smith schuster whom we're going to talk about in a second unfortunately the pittsburgh Steelers did not win and blair and i do not have exposure to cleveland on that roster so it's going to fall down the rankings as the playoff contest continues but colin what were your thoughts about this game uh very first play you get that snap over ben roethlisberger's head it's recovered in the end zone eventually after being batted around several times by cleveland for the touchdown By the time the first quarter carnage was done, the Browns had a huge lead. Roethlisberger ends up in this game throwing 68 times, 501 yards. He does throw four touchdowns, but those four interceptions really set the tone and allowed the Browns playmakers to go off and have some big fantasy games in this one.
1: Yeah, when we look at it as a whole, um, this game, I uh this game's obviously starting at 1 30 a.m over here so i i was kind of at the end of the weekend and uh i kind of thought yeah l- l- let me pick this one up on game pass uh, in the morning but uh, i really couldn't believe it when i seen how things uh, were developing um in terms of the overall performance like we, we've seen the steelers they got out to the 11 and 0 start looked like they were you know really um going to be pretty pretty good but you know there was always a couple of question marks just around how they won some of those games you'll remember back to they bet the cowboys and uh, you know they made really hard work of it and they done that a couple of times even though they were still undefeated there's just you know there was something all season that just wasn't clicking on all cylinders for this team and although ben goes back from injury just didn't look you know 100 percent of what, what we had expect, expected them in the past when you look at the staters as well i know they've had the, the super bowl win in there but you know there's been a lot of these kind of miss the playoffs or get into the playoffs and and leave very quickly so uh this just just a a kind of strange kind of decade for the Steelers I guess when you when you look back on it some big wide receiver performances for them as you mentioned Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson both over the 100 yards and uh, Chase Claypool then coming in uh, with less than 100 but two touchdowns coming his way so it was an interesting kind of comeback from them I guess we'll call it but it really had shades of that uh, Seahawks Broncos Super Bowl where you know that first snap ended up in a safety and things just kind of got out of hand from there and this was really out of hand by the, the end of the fourth quarter so I think it was more a case of maybe the, the Browns sitting back a little bit and uh, maybe they let it get a little bit tighter than they would have wanted but um, a really really big performance here by the Browns um, you know You'll probably see a lot of neutrals probably were rooting for the browns myself included but the way this happened wasn't somebody something that i was expecting after the the first quarter another thing i wasn't really expecting sean uh, to happen in this game was nick chubb uh, being second in terms of uh passing yards on this team um and re- sorry receiving yards uh four receptions for him for 69 yards and a touchdown um and then roles reversed the the two rushing touchdowns for nick chubb or, or kareem hunt sorry so it was a uh, a little bit of a an unusual one that way but Um, have to give huge credit to to the browns the one player there was kind of two players throughout the weekend who i I kind of wished that we had on on that ffpc uh roster one of them was um dk metcalf we went for chris carson in that one the other one was uh jarvis landry who i thought put up a a really nice game here as well and obviously having exposure to cleveland uh, at the wide receiver position you know because they could potentially be behind probably will be behind this coming weekend uh would have been would have been nice um we have obviously the, the kicker which gave us some exposure but probably not uh looking to, to be getting field goals here in this upcoming weekend to try and win that that matchup but a little bit surprised and happy i guess for, for those browns fans out there uh to get that one sean what was your thoughts Any any other key takeaways from the, the game
2: well i know curtis patrick as an ohio native was very excited about this browns upset it's interesting to see you mentioned that they struggled with the steelers who didn't have all their players in week 17 they'd also struggled recently with the new york jets when they had their wide receivers on the COVID list the big start here in this one we had the big performances from the running backs later this game definitely illustrated how If Kareem Hunt was on a different team, it would really help Nick Chubb, who does have that ability to take really any individual play and go to the house. He had that 40-yard touchdown. His owners will dream, I think, of uh, some games to himself next season. But Jarvis Landry started things off, gets that early touchdown. He finishes with 592-1. and And the interesting thing here, looking back at his season, it really was a tale of two halves, right? Through week 11, he was averaging just over nine points per game, which isn't remotely startable in fantasy leagues. And he looked like someone who continued to be kind of a bad fit for this Browns offense. Baker Mayfield was struggling. The team was doing well, but the offense wasn't a big part of it. And then you had his hip injury, where supposedly he came into the season not anywhere close to 100%. He had played through that the previous year, started to do a little bit better than in his debut season with the Browns. But this long, slow start to the season started to make you wonder if Jarvis Landry might be, not maybe done, but someone who is going to definitely be a peripheral player, a secondary-type player going forward down the stretch of his career. Then he blows up for 28 points against the Jaguars in week 12. From week 12 to week 17, he averaged 19 points per game. That's very much the opposite. Uh, A very startable type of receiver down the stretch. And then he follows it up with this big game in the wildcard. Could have been much, much bigger if they had needed to pass more uh, down the stretch of this game. Colin, what are your thoughts on Landry specifically as we go into 2021?
1: Landry, somebody I've always been a pretty big fan of, and um, you know, heading into the season, there was concerns with that uh, hip injury um, last year as well. You know, the it never really it was kind of a a mix and match season. Him and Odell Beckham uh, on the roster for their fourth season, um, a couple of injuries sprinkled in that led to that off season surgery, and then um, when we look at it this year, it kind of was a little bit of a mixed bag in terms of one half of the season versus the other. I, I've always thought that he is one of the the tougher players in the nfl but of course that doesn't really revolve into the fantasy points but what we've seen over the last kind of i guess six or seven weeks is also better play from baker mayfield which has led to more opportunities then for landry i think having odell out of the lineup as well like we've seen people like donovan people's jones uh, rashad higgins we've seen the tight ends heavily involved you know hooper with another seven catches this week and um that's leading to more opportunities then for Jarvis Landry being kind of the the leader off that wide receiver core so I'm still thinking that there's a, a couple of years left in the tank the way he finished the season makes me think that the start of the season was was likely uh just working his way back from that injury he probably like when you when the time frames were put out in the offseason for how long it was going to take him to get back they really didn't fit in with the week one week two comeback it kind of was more of a possibly start the season on the the pop list but um obviously he was there to work his way through it so i think maybe just that extra time got him rounded into shape so i still think you know obviously in dynasties he's moving up in years but still one of those players that you can have on your roster as a, as a veteran and, and really give you a pretty solid floor on a weekly basis my my concern with him and we've seen this with baker before where the, the play starts to become a little bit more consistent but can can fall off very quickly and can turn into you know really really poor quarterback play so i'm hoping that the way the offense has has changed as the season's progressed and and baker's learned that offense as well that we can look into a situation where he's improving as a quarterback which obviously leads to be positive for landry moving forward but um you know i think i think he's gonna be for me more of a redraft target next year than he's going to be um you know somebody i'm looking to acquire in dynasty this year just solely based on on the age profile would that be where you're looking at more of a somebody to target for uh, 2021 solely and redraft rather than in in Dynasty, or are you looking to acquire him there as well?
2: I think if you get a strong enough discount, if you have someone who's more or less wanting to give him away, I traded him around the time that he turned his season around, but was for multiple seconds and multiple thirds and future drafts. None of those picks individually is anywhere close to what Jarvis Landry is worked. but I think when you combine them, you have a chance to take a lot of shots Then. Perhaps that's something that you could do there. You might then turn around and try and make a similar trade to recover him as he has put together this stretch to finish the season. Like you mentioned, love his toughness. I think that sometimes his explosiveness has been a little bit undervalued specifically because of the offenses that he's been in. He broke a 40-yard touchdown in this one. We know about the run-after-catch ability. He's got a pretty exciting future here for the next couple seasons with the Browns. Another receiver who is controversial going into the 2021 offseason is Juju Smith-Schuster. We have a question from Dave Early about him asking about the injuries he's had over the last couple years and how that has to affect his career trajectory. And I would say that it does, but maybe more that when he was more or less healthy this season, it did not look particularly explosive. You compare him to a Chase Claypool, to a Deontay Johnson, and he looks like he's running in quicksand at the same time he still is very very young he has this body that's great for scoring touchdowns one of the things that Blair and I were doing as we were trying to figure out how we could get a little bit of uniqueness in our FFPC lineup but still roster most of the studs was to find a receiver who'd be a little bit less owned than Deontay Johnson in this game You go back and you look at the full season or you go and just look at the last month. And one of the things that's kind of surprising is that Smith Schuster is right there with Johnson in terms of fantasy scoring, in terms of targets, in terms of receptions. Now, a little bit of that is influenced by a couple of games where Johnson had some troubles and was benched or missed portions of the game. So his per game numbers deflated a little bit by games that he didn't play the whole contest. But Juju, even with the just how short he's being targeted, this became a quick passing offense in 2020. Johnson targeted underneath. Smith-Schuster targeted underneath. Claypool and Washington at times the vertical receivers. But in this game, where they needed to come back, it was interesting. We got 19 targets for Juju, 16 for Johnson, even 11 for Eric Ebron in there. There aren't going to be that many games going forward, whether smith schuster is with the Steelers, or more likely with another team where the quarterback throws 68 times and he has a chance for 19 targets but he did look very good in this one turning in 157 yards getting that score he still has that ability to go over the middle make some of those tough catches i think on a team where he is back to being more of the Focal point of the offense, maybe has a quarterback who is a little bit better than where Roethlisberger is now. Roethlisberger struggled over the second half of the season here, really corresponding with the collapse that the Steelers overall uh, underwent. And so, if he could somehow find himself into one of these perfect situations next year, and there are plenty of teams that still need receiving help in order to be able to match teams like the Packers, like the Chiefs, score the points you need to be competitive in the playoffs
1: yeah and what i would agree there is you know i kind of hinted on roethlisberger and maybe not been 100 and you talked about the quick passing offense i think a lot of it probably was down to maybe how ben roethlisberger's physical condition is maybe limited from what it would have been a couple of seasons ago like if you look at the numbers for 2020 he had 97 receptions 831 yards and nine touchdowns like in terms of like a bad season from a 20 somebody who just turned 24 in november like it was a down season from our expectations but you know based on the overall numbers it was was pretty solid and like if we're looking at somebody going into their fifth year in the nfl uh, you know there's a lot of opportunity there i think part of the thing that was a drawback for him this year is just how good chase claypool was coming in as a rookie and also deontay johnson's involvement in the offense so there's three really high-end wide receivers on the the Steelers offense I think if that number was down to two um I think that we would have like two hugely productive wide receivers and I just wonder how much production no, we can get from Ben Roethlisberger at this point in his career Juju is going to be a free agent don't know if at this point with you know, Chase Claypool or with Johnson uh, on their deals I don't know if they'll extend him so when we look back at the season, like it, it felt like a bad season the whole way through it, kind of. But I, I think it wasn't as bad as maybe we we look back on. But in terms of like his career numbers, um, you know, through this point of his career, there's not many players to have done what he's done at this stage. Like 20 26 career touchdowns, twelve 100 yard games. Um, you know, that's that's true. 58 games. So he's played 58 games. has 26 touchdowns. You know, he's had a, his fair share of injuries in 2019. Must a, a good portion of that season. But overall, has been has been uh pretty productive and i think part of the thing that like if you look at his numbers from this season tried his career 2017 had just under 16 yards per completion uh, per catch basically uh, 2018 was 12.8 2019 was 13.1 this year that dropped all the way down to 8.6 and with that as well his overall yards you know for the season are are lower than maybe we would have hoped so uh, still um you know, I think that's the biggest key, Sean, is what you mentioned about the the offense. So I think maybe the best opportunity to to really see him step forward here on his career is you know to get him out of to get him out of Pittsburgh because just the competition with the the three wide receivers in that uh, core might just be a little bit much. I think if we can get him to another offense where he is uh, the clear number one wide receiver, um, I think we could we could see things really increased for him so I, I still have a lot of faith in Juju still as I mentioned just turned 24 done so much in his career so far so I'm um, looking forward to seeing what happens this offseason hey everyone I want to tell you about blue wire hustle a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at blue wire hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take their podcast to the next level or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start hustle is the perfect place for you as part of the program you'll receive cover art Q&A's with blue wires top podcasters access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks and on top of that we'll get your show pushed out to Apple Spotify Google stitcher and all other listening platforms and the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup so whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to Grow, hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more, but that's
0: bwhustle.com slash. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed.
1: let's join so move on sean to a couple of the other games it was uh, the, that one was one i found just very interesting a couple of players that we mentioned there a moment ago just interesting scenarios with them moving forward um i guess we will mention the the game between the titans and the the ravens next um you mentioned derrick henry not having uh, the production that maybe some people were hoping for um a quieter outing for him this week certainly and um, anyone that used him in any kind of knockout or playoff contest wouldn't have been very happy with the results just eight just 40 yards for him off 18 carries antonio brown the the kind of the big play uh player on on the titans this week and you mentioned the the tool showing up for him he finished with 83 yards and a touchdown possibly a push off on that touchdown but when you're when you're playing against somebody like aj brown uh just the the strength that he is there is uh, usually going to win out in those situations big game from marquise brown who you know at the midpoint of the season really couldn't get targets or catches to, to come his way at all finished this one with seven for 109 um uh, you know he he has been pretty impressive over the last couple of weeks pretty disappointing outing for mark andrews four for 41 from him but i guess sean the only player we can really talk about from big performances in this game is lamar jackson um just 179 yards passing no touchdowns one interception but all the all the highlight clips all the talk is about uh the 16 carries 136 yards and one touchdown and uh, really turned on the jets on that touchdown i don't think uh, you know there's been players in the past. There's been Michael Vick, who is an incredibly special runner. There's been people who can can run the ball at the quarterback position uh, at different scenarios in the past. But I don't think any of them have run it uh, with the with the speed and vigor that Lamar uh, does when he gets up to top speed. Um, I I kind of thought that the Ravens, the way they finished the season, were right and really into shape. We've seen the Packers really dismantle the Titan the Titans, and we've seen them kind of. Have those kind of games where it doesn't work out for them. Some questionable play call I mentioned earlier—the punts a couple of punts in this game that I think they really should have went for it. When you have somebody like Henry, you've tried to run them all season. I know they were basically running for for two yards a carry here in this game, but I think in those situations you try and go for it on fourth down. But the Ravens with a, a well-deserved uh, win here, and it sets up a really fascinating game this coming weekend between between them and the the Bills, um, who we'll be talking about in a moment. But um, anything else, Sean, I'd say to the, the, the Lamar Jackson uh, spectaculars that uh, you want to touch on in this game?
2: Well, A.J. Brown is is the clear story for the Titans. We're going to talk about him on Thursday's podcast. 10 targets there. The only other players on that team, the, the next best target number on that team is three. He's got to be the guy who does it for them. He had a good game. They needed to go to him more. On the Ravens' side, we've got some interesting storylines. You mentioned Lamar Jackson, those 16 carries. That was pretty frustrating for those of us who had J.K. Dobbins and something. Only nine carries for him. He looked good. He flashed. He did get a touchdown down around the end zone there. Lamar really seemed like he wanted to make a statement in this one about how he's going to carry his team to victory, keeping on a lot of these read options. Uh, I think they're going to need to get the running backs a little bit more involved. But Jackson's someone who, if you can get a little bit of a discount, I am currently drafting in a Dynasty Startup Mock with Sam Wallace. It's going to be a lot of cool content for the site. Uh, Those of you who are familiar with Sam, he appeared on the flagship show this week. He's been doing great stuff uh, for the site for the last year. An awesome follow on social media. Uh, It's going to be a, a fun exercise that we're doing when I had the fourth pick in the super flex format there I did go ahead and go with Jackson over Josh Allen so I think that long term Jackson is still going to score a ton of points you mentioned Mark Andrews a little bit disappointing Marquise Brown was nothing was disastrously bad through midseason has really turned it around I don't think that he's going to be a receiving star but he is going to be someone you can use in your lineups the time to buy him was a month ago maybe a month and a half ago the time to buy Mark Andrews is now right he's had a disappointing season but this baltimore offense is starting to really get back to where they put up huge numbers of points mark andrews probably still the guy who outside of jackson is the best way to play this offense in most formats and this is the time that you can get him a little bit less expensively I try to load up on mark andrews in your leagues today finishing out in the AFC, we have the Indianapolis Colts and the Buffalo Bills. This one came right down to the end as we had uh, some big plays by the Colts. Naheem Hines, uh, some uh, highlight runs there. He got 75 yards on just those six carries, broke off a 33-yarder, worked his way into space on several more. Jonathan Taylor, under four yards per carry, did break off a long one, did get a touchdown. He also had uh, four targets. The bell cow situation very much in effect for him, even with Hines playing a role there. We saw Michael Pittman, who I think is going to be an interesting player in terms of ADP for 2021 10 targets, five receptions, 90 yards. He could be a breakout player next season. But the story again in this one was Josh Allen, 26 or 35, 324 yards, two touchdowns. And as it has been all season, so many of those went to Stephon Diggs, who had six, 128, and one they lose Zach Moss in this one. Devin Singletary was not very involved. Are they going to have the kind of running game that they need? to match up with the ravens next week or is it actually going to be a a benefit to them this game is just going to be in the hands of their star josh allen they're not going to be tempted to waste plays on inefficient that's what i was
1: going to say to you when you mentioned you know they might not like they had 10 rushes in this from their their running backs for a combined 42 yards you know they had uh, 11 carries then from allen for 54 yards one of them being the, the 16 yard touchdown run so you know do they need a rushing game outside of josh allen like you know I don't know if they do. I think when you see what he's able to do consistently through the air and on the like, he is quick when he starts to to move. It's not just like you know small runs. Like he is a real weapon when he gets out of the gets out of the pocket. And I've I just like you know the talk a few weeks ago is was Aaron Rodgers the MVP? Was it uh, you know going to be Patrick Mahomes? I, I think at this point, like it's it's clearly going to be Aaron Rodgers. But I think if I was saying who number two was based on how the season finished. Like that week 17 performance even against the, the Dolphins, I think I would have to give the second spot to to Josh Allen. And I've said it before in the show, his jump from last season to this season has been nothing short of spectacular. Diggs is a big part of that, but you know, people like Gabriel Davis is stepping forward. You know, Cole Beasley still, you know, having those kind of I guess we'll call them, you know, Julian Edelman catches, you know, those short short yardage catches getting first downs. He had seven for fifty-seven on this here. Um, zach moss unfortunate with the injury will miss the rest of the playoff run john brown who was activated a couple of weeks back uh, zero receptions in this one uh, four targets so you know there's still an opportunity to get him in there as a weapon but i think probably the best thing for the bills to do in this game is to to rely on josh allen stefan diggs in the passing game and to try and put those points up on the board because the more points they can put up uh, particularly in the first half the tougher it is for the ravens to really like you know get that run game going and they probably want to you know hit 30 carries between quarterbacks and running backs in the game and if you can you know put them in a 14 point uh, deficit you know in the the first half or at halftime that really changes their game plan where they're really trying to to pass the ball and i know lamar has improved as a passer but that's not what they want to do um uh, overall you know philip rivers in this 300 yards for him might be one of his last games might, might be his very last game in the nfl the arm strength just isn't there uh, to push the ball downfield uh, john and taylor you know had a really strong finish to the season as a rookie at the halfway point we were wondering like you know what we we talked a lot about john and taylor sean uh, after the draft process throughout the 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 offseason and it looked like at the halfway point that he just wasn't going to make the transition to the nfl but i know you mentioned naheem Himes, who we we all love here as well but taylor really um you know stepped to the forefront in this playoff run and and really looks to be the the real deal heading into year two but pitman you touched on um i've been very very impressed with how he's come on as well down, down the stretch this season and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how his development into to year two is going to be um you know just turned 23 very you know young, young player um, showed enough down the stretch that i think that uh, the obviously the big question mark is who the quarterback's going to be but We'll see what he does moving forward. But the Colts just always felt like they were a little bit uh short on the season. Just felt like, you know, they didn't <laughs> whether it was Philip Rivers probably been seventy percent of what you want at the quarterback position or the wide receivers just not been as good as maybe they could have been. Um it's just there was just something all season long that they, they just couldn't get pushed over the line. But back to your question about Josh Allen, the run game. I think Josh Allen, I'll give them all they need through the air, and I think uh, the Bills will will take care of business here against the Ravens. You know, the the Ravens sometimes are built for that sort of game against the Titans. If it is close, they're happy to to rush the ball. Like I mentioned, they want to hit it thirty times. They they rush the ball in this last game thirty five times for two hundred and thirty six yards. You're probably not going to try and rush the ball thirty five times if you're fourteen zip down and at the end of the first quarter. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um. Obviously, I was. if, if we look at the, the last game quickly before we get into maybe some predictions, uh, Washington versus Tampa Bay. Uh, Tom Brady looking really good. Um, you know, 381 yards this time. Uh, hit, has hit pretty much in the high 300s the last kind of four or five games. Looks really good. Uh, Evans, who was a doubt for some coming into it, you know, uh, low, low enough uh, owned in terms of the, the playoff contests. Um, but 6 for 119 from from him. Uh, Chris Godwin, 5 for 79 in the touchdown. But I was most impressed in this game, Sean, by uh, Taylor uh, Um he, he had only one touchdown, one interception. Did rush for a, a really impressive touchdown as well, 306 yards from him. This game, along with that Colts-Bills game, was probably the game I enjoyed watching the most this weekend. Just the 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 Washington team made it uh, close for a certain period of time. Uh, any key takeaways from from the the Washington top again
2: you mentioned that touchdown run it was absolutely spectacular you love to see the effort on the plays like that I thought Washington hurt themselves by giving so many touches to Antonio Gibson who just isn't quite to the level he was at before that toe injury we expect him and hope for him to come back strong in 2021 I think that based on offseason reports he could be a borderline first round second round pick in redraft formats and as owners are desperately trying to find that guy who's going to be a bell cow who's going to allow them to compete with these owners who had a top 5 pick and had easy access to someone who's going to score a lot of points. Gibson is going to be in that range. He hurt them in this game. You know, that that will change going into next season when he's healthy again. You mentioned Tampa Bay, Tom Brady looked fantastic. The couple of things that stood out here were number one, that Chris Godwin led with the 12 targets, but really had trouble catching the ball, had four or five passes go off of his hands that he would normally catch. But that sort of split between Godwin and then Antonio Brown with three targets. It'll be interesting to see how the offense works over the next several weeks if they're able to win and advance Antonio Brown they might need to get a little bit more involved but clearly when Evans and Godwin are on the field and we saw this when they were winning in a blot in week 16 those are the two main guys and I think it's fun and exciting we're not necessarily rooting for Tom Brady but it is a lot of fun to see an offense put up a lot of points be able to to go down the field and for Evans and Godwin to start to look like they looked in the previous season with Jameis Winston now that season obviously marred by all of those interceptions all of the losses Uh, for Buccaneers fans you want to get the wins and the numbers but you know having Evans and Godwin back to really putting up some points I think that's exciting to see the other game here that was more of a surprise we have Seattle we have the Rams the Rams going in getting their quarterback making his second nfl start knocked out early than jerry goff going nine for 19 if all you knew was that then you would assume that the seahawks won easily but this is another game where they really struggled at this point the the rams may have the best defense in the nfl they may have the kind of defense that teams in the past have been able to ride to the super bowl you think of some of those great ravens teams that were able to win which John kitna and the rams despite all the other things that are going on this loss to the jets some of their COVID issues some of their injury issues definitely going to have some problems So cooper cup is not able to be himself going forward but their defense is so good that they held russell wilson to 11 for 27 now dk metcalf still made his presence fell five for 96 the two scores he had 11 targets on one of those he had beaten the defense deep and could have had another big play but If the Seahawks do what they're talking about doing for 2021, uh, this team could be a little bit iffy. Russell Wilson, still a star, going to be a star. DK Metcalf, he's the other main guy for our show on Thursday. Discussing and debating dynasty wide receiver rankings and if any of these wild card results were able to push people up and compete with some of the guys at the top a Justin Jefferson with the rookie record uh, Tyreek Hill playing with Patrick Mahomes a Devontae Adams playing with Aaron Rodgers the games this weekend I think were fun from that respect we won't even talk about Saints Bears because (laughs) of how uh, sort of boring that one was but Colin that brings us to our predictions for the second round of the playoffs here really the final four in both leagues the winners this week will go into the AFC and the NFC championship games and will be one game away for the Super Bowl let's start out staying here in the NFC and start out with your adopted hometown team we have the Packers versus the Rams what are your thoughts here with this defense Aaron Rodgers like you mentioned the almost certain MVP even though I think that based on what the Chiefs did and the numbers that Mahomes put up that he probably is the person that I would vote for can Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams Marquez Valdez Scantling finally starting to create some of those huge plays that they were hoping for for someone with his size and speed can they compete with this Rams defense that recently has just been rolling over opposing offenses?
1: Uh, just before we get into that, I just want to mention some of the numbers from that Ram-Seattle game. Uh, the quarterbacks went 25 of 54 in terms of, of pass attempts in that. And uh, then the teams combined then for a total of uh, 68 rushing attempts. So I just wanted to add that in. Um, you know, 68 rushing attempts in the game, and we ended up with uh, 23 uh, completions. So fen- phenomenal game there for anyone that wanted to watch some uh, punting and uh Quarterback play, but you know I love Russell Wilson, but uh, the offensive line wasn't giving him much of a chance in this. And the interesting thing is Aaron Donald missed quite a few portions of that game as well with injury, so that's something to watch this week because you mentioned uh, getting back to the Packers Rams. That uh, defense obviously is you know highly involved with Aaron Donald, who may at this point be on a trajectory to be the the best defensive player of all time, and you know that's a big statement, but that's just how good he is. Um, so we'll see what happens there but you know all the credit all the talking kind it of goes to him but the secondary in particular uh you know Jalen jill, jill and rams in particular and then if you look at some of the other pieces on that defensive line like it, it is a whole unit um the, the pick six of russell wilson last week was just a, a spectacular play you know in terms of anticipation uh i guess um you know preparation with film study and things like that just to know the tendencies Uh, phenomenal phenomenal play so things like that that's a sort of a play that the Packers would kind of run quite often to Devontae Adams so they're at least they got their warning this past week to to make sure they're they're on point for for all those sort of assignments but I think like the Packers at the bye week the Rams got pretty beat up we didn't see any teams maybe outside of the box but the they they were kept pretty tight for for the first kind of you know 60 or 70 percent of that game I think you know we forget how good the Packers are offense has finished this season um you know we i'm um, after talking about the the options there you know in terms of the quarterback play um off the rams and um, the big problem for the rams here is going to be if the packers can put up a lead in this game you know if you've either of those guys in a quarterback who like i think it's clear at this point McVeigh doesn't really trust uh jared goff um and then you mentioned cup as well potentially you know carrying Uh, a bit of an injury as well so i think the packers offense can definitely compete like if if the packers offense can't compete with them as you mentioned uh they could have a a defense here who could make a run at the super bowl but i just think with the even the the kind of the game being on saturday that's going to affect the the time for those players to recover so i'm pretty confident in the packers by the time it comes to game time this weekend i'll probably be extremely nervous Uh, but um in terms of you know how the game like i would rather be playing uh The the at- passing attack of the 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 Rams versus Seattle just based on um the the talent on board, so it's it's going to be one of those ones that's uh, it's a playoff game, and anything can happen. But I'm I'm pretty confident uh, in the Packers this week. Sounds like you might be edging a little bit maybe towards that that Rams team.
2: I think that they have a chance to be more competitive than people are thinking. Kyler Murray injured in Week 17 was not able to do much in that game, but the Rams just completely shut down the Cardinals. They've been so dominant as of late that I do think that they will give Aaron Rodgers some trouble. But I think Aaron Rodgers will come through as he has so many times, and we're hoping that he does. But it's it's more exciting to see these blitzkrieg offenses and you know looking forward to that potential Packers Saints. NFC Championship game, that Packers Chiefs Super Bowl. If the Rams would come through, it would be great for them. It'd probably be a little bit uh, unfortunate for football fans. Speaking of the Saints, they have this game here with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. You have these two quarterbacks who are refusing to retire. Uh, Tom Brady, because he wants to play Drew Brees, almost a little bit grudgingly, because he doesn't want to lose those records to. his competitor in this situation will be interesting to see if he manages to stick around for yet another year which he would have to do to be competitive with brady there but this game is another chance for him to cut in a little bit into brady's resume and his spot in history they had a couple of just sort of humorous shots at brady after a couple of those games that the bucks lost earlier this season are the saints going to roll over the buccaneers again at this point they have this elite secondary that is making things very difficult for opposing teams the chicago bears had actually been on a little bit of an offensive run going into that game david montgomery shut down obviously the passing attack completely stifled we saw the chiefs go through the saints beat them recently Patrick Mahomes a very different animal one of the reasons again why I think he deserves the MVP and why the Chiefs you know should be favored to win this whole thing again but the Buccaneers with how they've come on in the last month will they be able to make this a shootout i think that's what fans would love to see uh, both quarterbacks putting up video game numbers
1: i think um i don't think it's going to be a shootout I'll, I'll put it there like i think uh Breeze looks to be like this is the i know i've said before this could be his last season i would fully expect this to be the, the last run here for breeze i think if you're looking at which quarterback looks like they can play another season it's definitely tom brady out of the two uh brady's you know starting to push the ball downfield a little bit more uh challenging those cornerbacks you know with his you know elite wide receivers and i just don't think breeze and this offense have the ability to do that and you know they didn't really get a huge amount of uh, alvin kamara you know as much as you probably would want this past week i think you know, it's going to come down to what Kamara does in this this game as to, to how how the Saints do. Saints defense has really come on strong, but unless they like, you know, we're talking about defensive lines. Like, you know, Washington didn't do that much to Tom Brady this past week. The Saints, if they can't do anything to Brady this week, I think the Bucks uh, will will roll over the Saints in this one. I'm I'm picking the Bucks to win it. Um, could be pretty close, and it it might be more low scoring than people are expecting, but I think. I think they do enough to to get over the edge. I think it's going to be a, a Packers Bucks NFC Championship game and I'm I'm hoping that the Packers can get some revenge for that early season uh, kind of demolition job that the uh, the Bucks did on the Packers. So um that that's my pick for the NFC is it's going to end up Packers Bucks. Uh, are you going with the Saints in that one?
2: I think I'm going to go with the Saints. We saw them win 38 to 3 on November 8th. The teams have changed since that point, but I think that the Saints are still a team that can give Brady a lot of trouble. You know, twenty-two for thirty-eight, two hundred nine yards, the three interceptions, the jokes in the aftermath. I think that he will be a lot better. I think that you are going to see Mike Evans do a lot more than four for sixty-four. I think you are going to see Chris Godwin do a lot more than three for forty-one. You are probably going to have to get Antonio Brown more involved in those three catches. They're going to need all three guys to play big in this one, uh, have a chance to to spread it and compete with this Saints secondary, but I do expect the Saints to still go through. I think we're going to see a lot more of Alvin Kamara this week. Like you mentioned, I think we're going to see Michael Thomas have that one more week to go. And the Saints are are really pointing toward being a team that's going to give the Packers a lot of trouble in the NFC Championship game, and I, I hope that's the way it turns out, Colin. Before we leave people today, we still do have to do those AFC picks. You mentioned Bills, Ravens. That you didn't think the Bills, uh, you didn't think the Ravens were going to be able to employ the same strategy against the Bills, run all those times. I like that pick. Maybe it's the pick I'm hoping for. I'd like the Bills to jump out to a a couple touchdown early lead force jackson to throw we'll see what mark andrews can do to pull the ravens in it uh, maybe jk dobbins breaks free for a couple of highlight runs that game if both teams could get into the 40s maybe the bills and the low 40s the ravens in the high 30s that's the kind of game i'd like to see And that one i think it could be a, a very very exciting potential best game of the weekend and then we have chiefs browns we were rooting a little bit for the browns here despite the Fantasy repercussions because it would maybe give the Chiefs an easier game. Yet at the same time, Baker Mayfield has been so good. You have a Chubb, you have a Jarvis Landry. This Browns team has been all over the place over the last, you know, six weeks to really this entire season where they looked like a, a very strong playoff team. Most weeks they looked like one of those teams where you're like, I don't understand how they can have a winning record, much less be cruising toward the playoffs on other weeks. Patrick Mahomes should give them a chance to really win in a blowout here. On the other hand, there is some potential for this to be one of those games like the 2020 playoffs where the Chiefs get down a couple of touchdowns and then have to make this frantic scramble to come back through. Is that what you foresee in this one? Could the Browns get that early lead that caused a lot of trouble?
1: I sometimes think, um, you know, I mentioned with like the, the pick six in the, the Seattle game, like that that shouldn't happen this week um like the packers shouldn't make that mistake that seattle made last week and similarly i think like the talking points in the Chiefs' dressing room is going to be we've seen what happened last week when you know when they were underdogs and we can't let that happen so i think that's gonna be something that's really in there but we like we did see last year it happened pretty much i think it happened every game that they were down by at least double digits um but the one thing about patrick mahomes is sometimes it just doesn't matter uh if they're down by double digits he can still make things happen um and i i can't really see any way that the the chiefs don't advance this week so i, I think it's gonna be uh chiefs bills i think it's gonna be gonna be packers bucks um you know but you're going packers since we're pretty close on on all of those um i'm still i'm still hoping for that Packers Chiefs uh, super bowl but you know packers bills sounds like fun as well as long as the packers are there i don't really mind but uh it's gonna be a fun weekend looking forward to it I-, I drew a really uh really good news when it came to the schedule because you know i mentioned earlier in the show that uh, the the late game on a sunday usually starts about half one here uh, in ireland and uh, the packers rams being that early saturday game is is really perfect timing for uh, anyone over this side of the pond so uh first time the packers have had a a playoff game at that time uh <laughs> in my fandom i believe they're usually uh the, the latest possible opportunity that you can get um so looking forward to watching those games this weekend Uh sean mentioned earlier on the show we'll be back on thursday kind of talk a little bit about some of the uh some of the the wide receivers in terms of dynasty ranking. so looking forward to, to breaking that one down with sean as always you can get yourself a 10 percent discount to road of his nfl pass now the code has changed we're in the year 2021 so we have a new code uh, you can use the discount code rv radio 2021 at checkout or go to road for further information get yourself a perfect start to the the new kind of fantasy season, 10% off now with the code RV Radio2020. That's going to do it for today's edition of the show. My name is Colum Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Uh, of course check out sean's great work on rotaviz.com and we will be uh, recapping one of sean's pieces on thursday's show uh, with the wide receiver ranking so if you want to even have a read through of that and listen back then on thursday to to see the extra opinions of it uh, head on over to rotaviz.com to check that out and until then have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on RotoViz Radio. Please rate and review the RotoViz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to RotoViz with a discount through the RotoViz
2: Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.